Blog Talk Radio. You know, after they did something offensive, which is what most people typically do, 
you know, they try you first, and then when you catch them, they want to say, oops, my bad. What was on the board? Well, okay, it, well, this all started with a dialogue that came up on Twitter after the picture circulated mm-hmm. uh, in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and now the poster has been taken down. But what it read across the top, it said, be cool, follow the rules. And that sounds innocent enough, right? Right. Well, below the heading were depictions of children playing, and the white children were labeled as behaving cool, while the children of color were depicted as be- misbehaving or being not cool because they were all breaking the pool, uh, the rules, of the safety pool. rules, uh-huh. right? And and of course, you know, the American Red Cross saying that says that they appreciate the sensitivity around the concerns that were raised about water safety posters and all that kind of thing. And they said, this is their statement, we deeply apologize for any misunderstanding Mm -hmm. as it was absolutely not our intent to offend anyone. As one of the nation's oldest and largest humanitarian organizations, we are committed to diversity and inclusion in all that we do every day. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wah, wah. Yes. What's that thing I used to say? That's what they're giving us. Yeah, so mm. going forward, we're developing more appropriate materials. So to me, when you say you're going to do something more appropriate, mm-hmm. you're acknowledging that that was inappropriate. See what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And going yeah. forward, so yeah. in the past is what we've done. Right. So mm-hmm. in the past, mm-hmm. we admit we were inappropriate. Right. And they're saying that uh, they want to be more representative of the workforce and the communities that they serve. Mm -hmm. But others are still unsatisfied with the Red Cross Hospital's efforts, including the woman who took uh, the photo of the poster. Mm -hmm. And it was just an ordinary citizen. She said, I'm just a citizen. I'm not an organization, but I want the Red Red Cross to collaborate and build relationships with Black Kids Swim and other organizations that do advocacy around this kind of thing, so it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And this woman's name is Margaret Sawyer. She's the former executive director of the Mixtexco in Indigenous Community Organizing Project. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're thinking of themselves as having only one constituency, and that is not true. Sawyer took the photo after seeing the poster twice while traveling with her family in Colorado over the weekend. Interesting. So this picture, once again, it said, you know, be cool, follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And then it had like a bunch of different things that kids do in a pool. Right. And over the heads of the black kids or the children of color, Mm -hmm. because maybe some of them could have been allegedly Latino or whatever. Right. But over the kids of color, it said not cool Mm -hmm. because they were all doing things breaking the rules. Right. And over the white kids, they were all cool because Mm. they were all following the rules. Now, how is it possible that somebody created that, approved that, printed that, and thought it was appropriate and saw no problem with that? That's that's the problem. They don't. They don't think it's, it's a problem. I'm I'm just blown. And Red Cross should be ashamed of themselves. As long as they've been around, Mm -hmm. they know better than that. But then you have to go back and and do the root of the problem, which could be the Red Cross. They could be racist themselves. Could be. Per se. And they didn't think it was a problem them putting it up, the the poster. Well, apparently whoever did their graphics and created this poster mm-hmm. seems to have, as people say, a racist bone in their body. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way in the world somebody created that and thought, okay, this mm-hmm. is cool. 
and then somebody must have approved it. Right. They looked at it and thought, oh, this is good. Uh-huh. No problem. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Mm-hmm. Send it to production. Let's print them and distribute them mm-hmm. wherever they distributed these because this lady saw it in Colorado. Right. And she saw it twice. She said, she said t- twice in, in, Colorado. Colorado. in Colorado. In Colorado. Got to go where the source is. I guess we had to figure out who lives in Colorado. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Of the, of the Caucasian persuasion. Mm-hmm. As Papa would say, I'm using your oh, words don't tonight. Blame it on me. You said it. <laughs> don't blame it on me. I'm using your words, Papa. Well, use it with your uh, mm-hmm. mindset, honey. Mm-hmm. Don't blame it on mm-hmm. me. Nah. But you know, um, my view on that is, uh, it's like anything else out there that's called the black cloud, black sheep of the family, and everything else like that. That's why all that was all on the same lines, because everything was something. Everybody think was something bad. It's got to be a of a dark nature or whatever, and um, oh. that you you it's so many people to fault in this situation. You know the illustrators, mm-hmm. the people proving it. It just go to show you the demographics of every place that that poster went through to be for approval had no diversity at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and they mm-hmm. saw everybody saw it as a uh, oh this is cool oh yeah you got the little yeah yeah it looks like the little black kids are the ones starting trouble. Mm-hmm. And they did that like it was regular. Like the world would understand that that's who really does trouble. And you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. As, as going back to the saying, "White is always right." I right, don't being on the right so. side of white. I don't think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. by humble. Mm-hmm. But right. um, that you know that that speaks volume, and we're gonna get more into it. Um, the guy Jesse Williams on the BET. Uh, you know what he talked about and everything that just goes right into. Um, our next hot topic, talking about the BET Awards, Jesse Williams. He he delivered such a moving speech. Um, he got the Humanitarian Award, the 2016 uh, BET Awards. Uh, he's on the uh, Grey's Anatomy series. Yeah. Um, I guess he's one of the dreamy guys, I guess. Uh, he's a doctor <laughs> on the... Oh, okay. He's he looks... easy on the ass. Oh, okay. Okay. He was honored for his um, activism and uh, dedication to the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, the CEO, Deborah Lee, she, you know, she introduced him and everything, and she said, Jesse Williams is the essence of modern civil rights legend in the making and a true pioneer of our new generation of leaders. I was thinking the same thing. I said, she took the words right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh goes on to say, now this award, which this is Jesse talking, now this award is not for me. This is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, the struggling parents, the families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. Man, he was deep. Oh, yes. They say he's one of the um, he's one of the youngest members of the board of directors on a um, board called the Investment Project. It's a civil rights um, advocacy uh, group who um, they produced the uh, documentary uh, Stay Woke. That was in 2014. That's something we need to check out. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, but um, that's powerful, Stay Woke, I guess, to a lot of things that are going mm-hmm. on yeah, in this uh, time and day. Yeah, it's a lot of people sleeping on a lot of stuff. I know, that's right. Like the Red Cross. Right. You guys have to have to look up um, the entire speech because he, he, you know, talked about some powerful things. He also said, freedom, this is my part, freedom is always coming in the hereafter. But you know what, though, the hereafter is a hustle. 
If you have a critique for the resistance, our resistance, then you better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then you do not make suggestions to those who do. So sit down. All right. I was like, all right, sit my down. brother, sit down. You know me, I would say sit your eight. Yeah. <laughs> your eight down. But he, he, he said it. That was very powerful. But uh, I would look up the whole speech and, 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 and check it out. But, yeah, um, it's all over YouTube. Yes, yes. No sooner than it came out of his mouth, people were uploading that. Yes. Because it was that good. It was. Did you hear the speech, Father? I sure did. Yeah. How'd you like it? I was inspired. Yeah. True that. Yeah. I actually liked the whole show. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. It really I, I'm was. not usually a big fan of award shows, mm-hmm. but that was one of the best, one of the most well-produced award shows. I have to say, including it was. the um, the honors and the uh, everything that was done for Prince, yeah, yeah, and the whole show in general, it yeah. was just well done right. from the, from the beginning to the end. It was, and it was interesting to see the people that came together, that came out to do the different tributes to Prince. It's like Jennifer Hudson; she was my favorite. I'm like, man, she just had me trembling all over her. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was fabulous. Yeah. I mean, she, all of them, they. I can't even say who was my favorite. Right. You know, between Erica Badu because mm-hmm. I love Erica Badu. Right. And Erica then, Badu uh, for what? Her tribute favorite. to Prince. I enjoyed that. I, I don't agree. I, I think that was horrible. I, I can't oh, I enjoyed it. She yeah. was horrible. I because think. I like that song, The Ballad of Dorothy Parker. That's yeah. one oh, of the okay. songs that some people well, may that not remember. Song. That wasn't but a, I enjoyed it. Her whole oh, appearance okay. that night was really off kill. I think that she missed her hairdresser, didn't get her hair done. <laughs> she was stuck with a hairstyle that she had that she needed to probably update from another time. Papa, Papa, and, uh, Papa. You know, I like I said, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I liked Erica's uh, performance. I liked the ballad to Dorothy Parker. That's one of Prince's songs that, you like that some song, people may not Eric, be aware Erica of. So I enjoyed it. Took a mess. I think that's a. I don't know. I could be wrong. It could yeah. be on her new look. But I know she changes her that look. look so much. That look was know. ragged, honey. I was but just I, glad she didn't have on one of those tall hats like she has been wearing. Oh. That Abraham Lincoln look. She finally let that go for a minute. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll get more into the. We're gonna get more into the BET Awards and my Hollywood wrap up. And talk okay. about some people that. tonight unfortunate unfortunate i hate to keep saying it but uh a mass shooting in annapolis maryland i mean this stuff is getting closer to home true which is not which is not good yep 
also Supreme Court hands conservative major victories under Trump. Also, Maxine Waters canceled events after receiving death threats. Okay. I hit it in quite a headline. Quadruplets graduate from the same university. Also, Ireland investigates cervical cancer screening scandal. Um, Guinea's uh, South Brewery to open in Baltimore County in August. Also, Citigroup to refund $335 million to credit card consumers. Also, Toronto principal faces resignation. Calls after making a student blacklist. Really? And um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez beat 10-term incumbent in New York. What's popping with Papa Didi tonight? You got a surprise for us. Can't wait to hear that. Our weird news. Uh, shirtless man backflips off downtown L.A. freeway side. Okay. Also, a bank robber suspect gives ID easily, tracked by police. And can dogs perform CPR? Also, I'm mm. just saying with Red Wine, welcome. I know, we'll find out. I'm just saying with uh, you, Red Wine, welcome to our world. Living for the City with Papa Didi, another surprise. My Hollywood wrap-up, I got a lot to talk about tonight. Cocktail of the Week is called the Effin' Black Cherry American Dream. Wow, that's a lot. E-B-C-A-D, okay. Also, our kiss it list in the last word. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail. Uh, you can get one of the effing black cherry market dreams, and uh, we'll be right back with Hot Topic. Well, it's Might Hot get Topic time. First story. Yeah. Yeah, what's going I'm, on tonight? Yeah, it's too much. Um, man, when, when are we going to stop? When are we going to f- figure this stuff out? Um, a mass shooting, if you guys don't already know, happened in Annapolis, Maryland. And five people were killed in the shooting inside the newsroom at the Capitol Gazette. That's one of the oldest newspapers in Annapolis, Maryland. That's right there where the uh, the cadets and everything are in Annapolis. Um, the victims included Wendy Winters. She was a special um, publications editor. Rebecca Smith. She was a sales assistant. Robert Hiasan. He was assistant um, editor. And uh, Gerald Fisherman, or Fishman, he was an editorial page editor and also a staff writer, John McNamara. Also, several employees were injured also. So on Friday, um, a hearing, a judge ordered that the, the guy, Ramos, be held without bail. Great. Um, Adam said at a press conference there was evidence that Ramos took a tactical approach to the shooting and uh, barricaded a rear entrance in the building before opening fire. So they said Ramos stormed the newsroom, um, worked his way through the office hunting and shooting victims. So police found Ramos hiding under a desk in the building. So I guess he was trying to act like one of the people that were there. Um, Ramos was identified using facial recognition technology. A picture of Ramos was um, run through the Merlin image repository system, and the authorities were uh, were able to identify him. Great. Wow, technology. 
And uh, the police, yeah, the police said the shooting was a targeted attack at the Capitol Gazette. Um, what happened was Ramos filed a defamation lawsuit in 2012 against the paper and a staff writer, and uh, but the case was eventually dismissed. And um, they said Ramos allegedly made online threats to the Capitol Gazette in 2013. So, um, you know, my thing is, you know, should you pay more attention? She got a restraining order. Or, you know, what can you do next after that? Because a lot of times the police will say, well, they haven't done nothing bodily harm to you, so we can't do anything yet. So, Well, that's always how it goes, you know. They can't yeah, arrest you for what you threaten to do or what you're thinking about doing, you know. Right. But if I feel threatened, there's some type of restraining order you can put out on that person. And from from what yeah. I hear in this article, there, there's nothing there. So um, I guess they just probably kicked it off as, okay, the man is just crazy, you know. Hopefully he won't come back this way again. So, well, I think he was yeah. able to get away with this because the incident happened, what was that, like 2012? Or it was sometime like in the past when yeah, the incident was reported. 2012, okay. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, because of what went down and so far ago, I don't think it was really on the police radar. Right, but I'm saying but at that time, well, they, they he, he made online threats also. There is a law that you can't make threats like that online. There is a task force that, you know, picks that most types of things up. You know, I know the FBI, they deal with um, um, people that, that make threats and stuff online. So I'm just saying maybe this because that paper should have went the next step, whatever that is, to keep this guy away from them or some documentation like, okay, we have a um, restraining order out on you, stay the heck away. But I don't see that in any of these articles. Yeah, I don't see that. Well, what do you think, Papa Didi? What else can can you do? Well, you know, I just think that first of all, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and everybody sees hindsight based on how they make their conclusions on what you would have, should have, could have did. The one thing, the one thing we do know that you're not going to put in your mind uh, who you think that already came along and blew somebody, you know, what off. And um, once that happens, then we, when we go back and we find out what happened with this one and that one. We always can draw a conclusion on what we maybe would have, should have, could have done. But at the time, we're not thinking that deep because nobody's inevitably, nobody is inevitably predicting something that's tragic. I guess they just thought he was just, you know, talking smack, blowing off steam, you know, something along that line. But it is another unfortunate situation, and uh, I don't want to keep repeating the heart, our hearts and prayer. You know, I know we're all tired of hearing that. Yeah, that's true. But um, at the end of the article, it does say the paper ultimately decided it didn't want to pursue charges against Ramos because they had feared that doing so would um, exacerbate 
an already flammable situation. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I would try to, I would think a little further, head down the line. But you know, maybe they didn't feel as if he was a threat. But uh, yeah. Well, like Papa said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, we can conclusion all day having to add you on witnessing the situation, but when you don't know it's going to happen, nobody right. ever thinks that an old girlfriend going to come up and split their throat. Then when it happens, we say, wow, that can happen. So. They always say it's a warning before destruction, and I feel as if that warning was in 2013, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It could have made it worse, like we said. So, all yeah, right, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the Supreme Court situation. You know, one of the judges uh, has announced that he's going to resign. And uh, you know, the, the, in, when you look at the whole situation, the way that that court is situated, now that this judge is resigning, this will be the second. Supreme Court judge that the current president gets to appoint. And this is a concern to me, and I don't know about everybody else, but this is a concern because I was reading some information, and uh, just in this current Supreme Court term, in their five to four rulings, the court has upheld Trump's travel ban against certain Muslim-majority countries, they have said it was okay for states to aggressively cancel voter registration, and by the same five to four breakdown, they approved Texas electoral maps that were tainted by claims of racial discrimination, and they struck down a California law requiring pregnancy counseling centers to notify people about the availability of abortion if they so choose. So this court is really leaning in a certain direction. And once he adds another Republican-controlled, I would say, control, well, Republican-placed uh, judge on that court, on that bench, it's basically going to be a Republican Supreme Court. So their agendas and everything that they're trying to push through is going to basically be their priority. I don't know how anybody is going to get seriously a fair shake in the Supreme Court. And that's not good because it's going to be majority Republican-led, just like the way that the Congress is right now. And you see where that's gotten us. So I'm just really concerned about this. It's uh, Judge Roberts who's going to be resigning. So, I mean, I'm not sorry, not him, it's Kennedy. Kennedy that's resigning. So I think we just need to really keep an eye on this because uh, 45 is saying that he's going to appoint somebody within the next 10 days and he's already got his eye on several people from the uh, appeals court I believe it is and these are all people that he put there so I don't know I'm, I'm not feeling good about the Supreme Court right about now yeah, he did make a comment that they're going to be on the Supreme Court for another 40, 45 years. I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
it's not going to be no change. It seems like in our lifetime, it's going to be a, yeah. a blur. And you remember how they fought against uh, President Obama? He had, what, six mm-hmm. months left of his presidency. He wanted to fill uh, Justice Scalia's spot when he passed. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Mitch McConnell and his cronies mm-hmm. fought against him tooth and nail and decided no matter who you nominate, no matter how qualified he is, we're not going to let you do it because you're on your way mm-hmm. out and we don't want anybody that a Democrat put in there. Mm-hmm. And that, they, they put it just like that, and that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. So he already got Gorsuch in there, and I don't really know what Gorsuch has been doing, but all I can do is look at the record. You know, this immigration wow. situation, um, all this gerrymandering that's going on. And there's been cases that have come to them regarding gerrymandering that they pushed back to the local courts, to the states, and basically said, well, you know what, y'all deal with that. We don't want to touch that. So the wow. states, it's left up to them. Do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. Mm-hmm. Not when it comes no, to that. Not. You move yep. the boundaries create the counties and make the voting come out the way you want it to be? Uh-uh. And the Supreme Court is wiping their hands of it, saying, no, we don't want that case. Let the states deal with it. That's some bullshiggity. So, that you know, like I said, we better just keep an eye on that and see what's going to come out of it. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right. I guess we better continue to pray, right? Yeah. We better. Night and day. 24-7. All right. Man, we got to pray that much? Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Girl, with him in in control, you better pray Mm 24-7. All right. Well, that's all I have on that. So I'm just saying, you know, like uh, your boy... uh, What's his name? Joe Madison says you better watch with the third eye and listen with the third ear because it's getting crazy. Okay, look, on our next story, we got uh, Maxine Waters. You know, uh, she canceled the event after uh, a very serious death threat. Now, and here's another situation where you say hindsight. You know, you, you listen for this and... Um, and, and you may hear a title saying Maxine Ward has a death threat and not paying no rabbit-ass mind. But, you know, some of these jokers out here are crazy. Mm-hmm. They're crazy, and they feel like they're representing. Every time they do something adverse, they could be representing, you know, Donald Trump on how he feel, how he may feel when he knows he got crit. It's like that joker that drove that car up at that demonstration in Charlottesville. Let me tell you something. When that guy came down to those people, his foot was on the metal. He was gunning that car, you know, end up killing a white woman at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, he, when you when you, when you you believe in something that strong that you put yourself in front of the whole aspect of faith and life and religion and pursuit of happiness and everything, and you find yourself behind this man who never see the light of day in his life. Mm-hmm. His family wondering, like, what were you thinking at the time, you know? You know, you were an idiot. You know, for the for the fact of you trying to 
There's nothing you can do to cover from the situation. He's lucky only one person died. That could have been could have been a massive killing. That's true. That car I think that's what he was going for. And that, and that ties into the Maxine Waters case because you don't know what people are going to do. This is raw right now. And, and, and she was saying some stuff that was pretty, it kind of, it took me back a little bit the way she was encouraging people to do things or to, you know, to stop people from eating, you know, to go out and eat at night. And she's encouraging to look around and push back on people and then, and you can't do. It. I didn't. I didn't agree with her her story at all. I even said I said it the day that I saw it on TV. I said it's not right. You know, I said Maxine Waters out. She's out of line. You know, you can't not mess with people. You know, everything when you when you get out of the arena of regular life, it's well, everything's supposed to stop. You can't be like just facilitating stuff. Just like if you're. You know, you put yourself in the same boat where you're encouraging people to do evil stuff. And if people follow you, you know, like they said in the Malcolm X movie, when he poured that oil and that ink inside that oil, that water, and he said, if you get it to the people, they'll drink it because they believe in you. And and Maxine, to me, was, was completely out of line by encouraging people to push back when you see somebody, you know, stop talking like that. Stop stop rallying like that against people. That's not, it's not, we don't live in an eye for an eye, two for two society. Mm. You know, if you cold-bloody uh, killed somebody and you got away with it, then you had a damn good lawyer, and that's what happened. So, but uh, in her case, I don't know. Let's, uh, I don't bring no harm to her at all, but uh, encouraging people, like, yeah, you're encouraging to bring harm to other people. So. so even though she didn't actually tell people, to go and jack people up just by her saying, you know, stay in their face and, you know, confront people, et cetera. You think that really that people interpret that to mean get physical and get violent with people? Well, because she had the fist up and the the aggressive posture, you know? Mm -hmm. And if people are mad because of a situation and you're the leader that's facilitating a new level of where to take it. You're the person that steps out right after the incident and people are looking at you and you got the posture and the fist and everything that goes along with encouraging people, then, you know, you're just as guilty as Trump is with that. You know, I, I just think Maxine should have been cool. Don't 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 be led by that. Don't let Trump, you know, like Michelle Obama said, take the high road. Don't do like he does. You know, so right now it's just a watch game now, you know. I'm sure she feels bad about it as well. You know, everybody wants it's like what's the name? Um, Roseanne Barr. You know, she was crying the other day on the news. She freaking out, you know, because she knew she did something stupid. She was led by Trump. Trump put that fire in her belly, but you're not Trump. Trump is a billionaire. He can he could dandle off stuff. He got a big ass shield, a big a bunch of protectors, a bunch of lawyers, a bunch of everything to protect his ass. But you can't get behind a millionaire thinking you're going to act as tough as he is because Roseanne Barr couldn't do it. Maxine Waters, you can't do it because you ain't got the power. And you're pointing in a direction where everybody, you know, these people are famous for changing the narratives. You know, anything you do, they're going to flip the script on you. you the football players out there protesting because of uh, violence and stuff in the neighborhoods and all. And Trump said they don't believe in the flag. They don't believe in such and such. You know, they don't care about the the military. He flipped the script on their ass and made them look stupid. So Maxine Waters should have knew better her mature age and her mature time. Don't don't fall for the okie doke. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. I'm, 
I just, I just want to add something to it. I think when you're on a certain level, it's unfortunate our president, he has just effed up the presidency uh, as an institution. He has really just jacked that up. But um, like Papa Didi said, we more or less don't need to follow suit and do the same thing that he's doing. Let's just rise above that. And there's a way, you know, you can say things and do things to get your point across. You know, for, for her, for, it says what waters issued um, her call for the protesters to confront members of the Trump administration on the street and in businesses. Come on, man. Really? Exactly. That's, that's, that was that's bullying. That's modern yeah, day bullying. And we, we he's telling them that. The, uh, right. While she goes home to her million dollar house and whatever, you know. Yeah, do it, y'all. Do it. I'm going to go home and have me some shrimp and watch y'all on TV do it, you know. Yeah, but it didn't help matters. Trump Trump got on Twitter and basically threatened her, telling her, be careful what you wish for. You need to watch yourself, Max. Exactly. He he said something about her IQ being low and all this stuff. You know, and I'm not saying that's any excuse, but I'm just saying that going back to your point, Kettle, the way that I Mm -hmm. feel he constantly demeans the office of the presidency it's just disgusting. Yeah. You know, yeah. why are you on Twitter talking about somebody's IQ because they said something you didn't like? Right. You know, take now, the high road sometimes. Right. Now, if you thought, you know, he he should be to a point where we don't condone this and yada, yada, something to that level, not stoop lower than where she is. Come on now. Exactly. They, they act like two bullies, like they – Trying to meet each other outside at three o'clock. Really? Give me a break. And this, these are people that we look up to. I think we need some new politicians. People we should I mean, look up to. And, yeah, yeah I, I know politicians get a raw deal, but y'all making it worse for us now. You know, to to even look your way. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. be, you know, in your position. What you're doing, I know it, it, it's a rough job, but hey, give give it some respect. And that's what they're not doing. And that's, that's, just and that's the problem. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. A bonsoir. Okay. Bonsoir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you uh-uh, sipping on don't start. <laughs> Something nice and cold and delicious. I bet you are. Mm-hmm. Has a, a long, uh, long red. <laughs> no, that's for me to know and you to wonder. Yeah, well, somebody say tall, cold, and delicious. That's like a 400-pound woman saying, I'm beautiful behind this microphone. Mm-mm. Okay? See, here that's comes the boy. like when she said that. Okay. All right. So. I'm not going to mess with you, Papa Didi. I'm going to talk about these quintuplets. On the hidden Quinn headlines, this is finally some good news for a change. We've got the quintuplets that graduated from the same university. That's five kids that were all born three minutes apart from each other, and this was down in Texas. Their names are Emma, Maria, Emilio, George, and John Diaz. They're 21 years old, and they all got their diplomas, put on their caps and gowns, and graduated from the University of North Texas. Isn't that great? And they all had five different degrees. Now, they have been in school together since, I guess, since the beginning. They went to the same elementary school, same junior high, same high school, 
and they all graduated. Uh, let's see, they were born in 1996, and now they all have their degrees, five different degrees from five, a set, rather, of quintuplets. That's a lot of kids to raise five babies at one time. Uh, it goes on to talk about how they shared many of the same classes, but their majors are all very different, so they couldn't be further apart. They graduated with degrees in biology, finance, Spanish, social communication, and art. And their parents, uh, one is a salesman, Jorge, who's 55, and their mom is a full-time mom, Emma. She's 55 as well, that they were so proud watching their their five children graduate uh, last month. And they said ever since they were born, people kept asking, how do you do it? How would you get them all through college? And Jorge said that uh, watching them graduate was the best feeling any parent can have and that it was just multiplied by five and that he was just happy that they did it. They said they just used to being together. So congrats to the Diaz family and all five of the uh, children and saluting the parents. You pulled it off. Yes, but it's it's, it's amazing how they stuck together through that long period of time. Because a lot of times you 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 uh, you know siblings, you know, I'm quite sure they have the little rivalry or whatever, but they stuck together. I mean, hey, it's better in numbers, as they say. I've heard that all the time. That's true. Because you know, sometimes as the kids get older, they say, "I don't want to go to the same school with my brothers and sisters." I want to go to right. a different school, have my own identity right. and whatnot. Well, yeah, shout out to the Diaz family and congratulations. <laughs> so that's Job right. Like you said, finally, finally some good, good daggone news. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the Diaz family. Mm-hmm. All right. What else is happening, Papa Didi? Uh, looks like um, this is some stuff from overseas, uh, Ireland, mm. home of uh, Dublin and other places like that. Ireland investigated a cervical cancer screening scandal. Uh-oh. Cervical cancer is almost like pancreatic cancer where the survival rate is really almost slim to none in most cases. Uh, Dublin, a um, high uh, government. A, I'm sorry, an Irish government announced on Monday that uh, it was opening an official inquiry and, and selling up uh, phone helplines and emergency testing after it uh, came out that a uh, lab mistakenly cleared at least 208 women who later received a diagnosis of cervical cancer. Wow. And at the time... Um, this particular lab told them that uh, they saw no cancer when, in fact, they did have, they did have cancer in them. And this, was, this took a, a few months back before they went back to check again to find out if they would have chased after the cancer during the time they first went for the screening. Things might have been a little better. They could have had a better, longer, better, better quality of life living and what have you. Um, the two and eight women received uh, false negatives between 2010-2014, all right, at least 17 of these women who since have died. Irish officials said, although they uh, added that they could not uh, confirm the cases of death, 
Prime Minister Leo Van Norken uh, said Monday that uh, he was very angry and saddened by the cause. He said the government would uh, investigate what he describes as a appalling communicative failure and examine the uh, whole testing process. All right, the government is uh, contact- contacting all affected, including survivors of the 17 survivors of the 17 deceased women, to assure them of the mistaken test and of the 2014 review that identified the lapse but did not become public until recently. So the government is also considering a plan to compensate uh, those survivors so that their families do not have to go through the courts and all that jazz uh, to make a lawsuit. So anyway, the uh, scandal came to light uh, last week when it emerged from court proceedings that an American company to which uh, some tests have been outsourced all right, Chem- Chemical uh, Pathology Laboratories Incorporated of Austin, Texas, had reached a settlement worth $2.5 million, uh, what do you call those, uh, euros, about $3 million what it amounts to, with uh, Vicki Perham, 43, a terminally, a terminally old woman from the uh, county of Limerick, so anyway, the whole thing in a nutshell, the situation is that uh, these people were given false indications. People said they told them they had no cancer, and all of a sudden, uh, their their health declined and, and persisted. And as they went back, uh, they found out that these things was wrong. They actually looked at the tests up close and personal. People were just telling them yes and kept them moving. I don't know whether it was a silent thing where nobody wanted to. Uh, be the bear of bad news or what have you, but uh, it sounds like they just didn't do the test thoroughly. Either they just got the wrong information. Well, I think they didn't get the right information. I think they. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. Some people don't want to break their hearts. I can't imagine they didn't want to tell them bad news. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, but it's not. Some people don't have a heart. That is what it is, you know. So uh, I think they just got bad information. Either the lab was wrong or they interpreted the results wrong. Somebody was wrong. And they're telling these people, oh, you're, you're cancer-free. Go live your life. And then finding out, these women found out later on, not only did they have cervical cancer, but it had gotten more advanced because it had been left untreated. Yeah. You know, that's ridiculous. And one of the companies that was responsible for not treating is an American company was in a mix with some of this mess, and it's a company called uh, Quest Diagnostics. Yeah, I'm sure. Everybody, oh, they were one of the. Everybody list. in the sound of this uh, of this uh, radio show was saying, "Oh, I know Quest. Oh, I know Quest Diagnostics. Of course you do. It's an international company. They have the, the bloodhounds. Mm-hmm. They draw the blood. They draw the urine. They draw everything out of your body and say, look, you know." Man, I'm going to be second-guessing those suckers from now on. Okay. Got to keep an eye on them. I think I'm going to put Quest on the kiss-it list. And the alternative from Quest in America is a company called LabCorp. Mm-hmm. LabCorp is their direct competition. So if you go get some blood drawn, they say Quest that I not is doing. They say, oh, no, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. See, make a call to uh, LabCorp. And get it done. 
Okay, now. That's your competition. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear about how those women were treated in Ireland. Uh, hopefully they'll, you know, even though they're going to compensate them, that doesn't get your life back. No, it doesn't. That's true. But yeah. Yeah. You can have all the world. You know, the the ultimate uh, thing with money is the fact that most people, as an example, most people have money. Once you you get a, a, a cancer scare or something of that nature, that that bank account becomes absolutely meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, you would give everything but five cents to to find a cure or to find research or what have you. So. We know that that uh, that money really don't stand chance up against somebody with some type of terminal cancer. Wow. All right, Kettle, I'm kick it over to you. What's going on? Well, well, well. Like we don't have more than enough breweries. We got one coming up in our back door. Guinea's Brewery in Baltimore County to open August the third. Baltimore County's mm-hmm. New Guinea's Brewery, the company's first brewery operation in the U.S. since 1950, is going to open August the 3rd. It's located on a 62-acre property in Relay. Wow. The Guinness Open Gate Brewery in Borough House will open to the public for tours. Tap room tasting and dining in a 270-seat restaurant. Wow. And this is in Baltimore? No. And be more known for its stout and near ambiguous uh, presence on bar taps around the world. Guinea's first announced plans for the brewery in early 2017. So in October, it opened a test tap room on the property to give visitors an early taste of what to expect when the brewery opens. So while the stout will continue to be produced at the original brewery in Dublin, Ireland, that's interesting. We just talked about Ireland. Um, uh-huh. the, the Baltimore County facility will brew different styles and flavors and attempt to tap into the growing American market for craft beer. All right. So um, this is one of the most asked questions since the brewery plans were announced. Why would Guineas choose Baltimore County? Why not? The property in Relay, yeah, which is south of um, Arbutus, was already owned by Guinea's parent company, Diago, which had used it most recently for bottling and aging Captain Morgan rum products until 2015. So the decision oh. of where to build Guinea's uh, first U.S. brewery in uh, decades was a practical one. Just, just hey, common sense. So uh, the... Um, the goal is for the first year to attract 300 visitors, 300,000 visitors, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, $80 million brewery project is designed in large part to be a beer fan's destination. With 92 taps on site, all serving Guinea's brewed beers. Gee whiz, 92? Yep. yep. It will create approximately 200 hospitality jobs. I better go seeking. <laughs> The brewery's marketing uh, manager uh, yeah, says, um, wow, that's pretty interesting. I'm trying to figure out where in the heck is this. They must have took over know, some land that was in That's what I'm trying to figure out. Where did they find 60, what did you say, 62 acres? 
62-acre property in Relay. So it must be a, a part of Baltimore. Um, I guess oh, it must take be it a suburb or something. Okay. Maybe. Now, um, Guinness, is, uh, Guinness is, isn't that um, that real dark, dark beer, Papa Didi? Yep. Yep, but they have a new one. It's a blonde one now, so it's like a regular beer. So I guess they oh. they trying to tap into some other, uh, you know, beers besides the dark. That's the f- most famous one, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that stuff looks like mud, but I guess people like it. You know what? I, I, I just had to try it for once in my life, and I didn't like it. it it's an acquired taste. It really is. And it has to be um, poured in a particular way also. Um, I forgot. Yeah, I what saw Angle that on a show one night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw that on uh, Bar Rescue. One of the uh-huh. people had Genesis. It was one of their specialties, and they took them to Ireland or took mm-hmm. them to somewhere where the Genesis people were there and showed them how to pour it and serve it and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, and I was awesome. like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yep. didn't know. It truly is awesome. It's almost like, you know, when. They say wine has to breathe, and so on. Cognac has to breathe, so you got to put it in a certain um, glass or sifter. So I mean, you know, different things for you know different things. Yeah, you're right. All right. Should be interesting. All right. There'll be okay. another attraction well, more power to Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. We more is getting more and more on the map, huh? Yeah. All right. Go Baltimore. All right, what else we got? Okay, we got another story where uh, Citigroup, which is uh, Citibank, they're up there with uh, Chase and all those other big jokers, you know, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, they got plenty, plenty of money. Um, uh, Citigroup to refund, uh, now check this out. Now, anytime you don't see a B and you see a damn M, and it's associated with a bank paying out an amount of money, and they're using an M and not a B, that's a bunch of crap, okay? And I'll get back to that in a second. But anyway, they're... um, they're they're going to um, refund $335 million to credit card customers. Okay, and it's happened in New York. Now, <clears throat> mind you that they collect almost a billion dollars in fees for somebody they're using their particular Mac machine. Okay, and this happens at night sometimes. People are lazy. They can be drunk. Sweet going. You know, as far as what happens, why people don't... Uh, don't go to the machine of their choice when it comes their not choice of their regular banks that don't do a fee. They just go, ah, we'll pay three dollars, pay three dollars, pay three dollars. This happens all the world. So, so Citigroup and Wells Fargo and um, and who else? Anyway, let me read the story. New York Associated Press, uh, Citigroup said Friday it plans to refund three hundred thirty-five million dollars to a group of customers who may have been overpaying interest on their credit card. Now, $335 million, sorry. Now, they collect that amount of money in in um, ATM fees in a three-month period, okay? Hmm. It's so sad when a bank offers to pay you back millions. They make millions in no time. It's when that billion come up is when you should be concerned about them and understand the fact that they're trying to pay for the errors of their ways. Mm-hmm. But anyway, $335 million is nothing to Citibank, is nothing to Chase Bank, is nothing to Bank of America, it's nothing to Wells Fargo. So don't get twisted by the damn okie doke, all right? And it's a group of people. Now, these are people that they've narrowed down that they want to pay back, maybe middle America people 
or people that keep a certain amount of money in their bank, people that are, are good banking people, because they don't want to lose them either. They want to circle jerk them. They want to dress them up and then turn them around, poke a hole in them, and still butt fuck them. Anyway, so anyway, um, earlier this year, city disclosed that it uh, had used a uh, flawed uh, methodology in determining whether credit card customers were eligible for an interest rate reduced on their credit cards as required by the Card Act for the federal laws that govern the card, card, third credit card industry. Now, city disclosed a flaw to regulators including the uh, CFPB in 2017. The CFPD chose not to fine City for a flawed practice. City and uh, bank described to uh, self-reporting the problem to regulate and that it was in the process of refunding customers. Wow. So all that's saying is that they, when the people didn't even notice it, City said, well, look, we're going to volunteer and say we made a mistake. Yeah. Now, how, how clever. And we can show advertising and promote the fact that we're paying money back. That they're going to make, make probably six hundred million just on being honest, and the residuals of that money coming back to them. You know, based on them being honest, and you'll see different advertisement on TV, on commercials. Citibank, the bank that cares. Boom, 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 boom. You know, yeah, and anyway, so it was real slick. So they even had to tell them that they violated. They volunteered, said, "Oh, we violated." $355 million, but we got the money. Of course you got the money. Your pockets are deep as hell. What do you mean you got the money? It's like it's like almost when you dig up in your nose, it's almost guaranteed you're going to pull out a boogie, right? So, I mean, they got the money. So, anyway, that's well, just, just to show you banks are full of crap, you know. All right. Well, Citigroup city and Citibank, whichever, they're on the kiss it list. Anyway. All right. I got a crazy one for you out of Toronto, going up to Canada now. Toronto students and parents are calling for the resignation of a high school principal after she sparked outrage by creating and circulating a list that singled out the black students for tracking purposes. People have accused this woman, the, the principal, Peggy Atchison, of racially profiling black students at the Etobicoke School for the Arts. She says she created the list and distributed it in November to teachers to track achievement gaps among all students of color. But when the students found out about the list in February, they confronted her. And then she said, in the context and with an objective of supporting success for all students, particularly those for whom we know as a group that there are gaps, I shared a list of of black students with our teaching staff at a November meeting. So she's already making the assumption just because you're black, you're not going to be as smart and you're not going to be able to keep up as well with the non-black students. So I'm going to put you on a list and have the teachers to keep an eye on you and make sure that you're not falling behind too much or flag you or whatever the case. So, I mean, no matter how you slice it, she was racially profiling these students. So she has since apologized and said that she was inappropriate and the list was inappropriate. But the the Toronto school board, instead of really dealing with her, they transferred her to another school at her request. So they didn't fire her. They didn't fine her. 
they decided, well, since you want to be transferred, we'll go ahead and transfer you. So to me, that says that the Board of Education in Toronto did not have a problem with the racial profiling of the black students in that school. That's the way I see that. Now, the students and the alumni have sent petitions to the school district board asking for her total resignation, and they want her to undergo an equity and anti-racism training, but the board has not responded at all to their request. So, you know, once again, it's not just here in the United States, but this BS is going on in Toronto as well. You know, what would be the purpose of her to put this list together and only target the students of color? Talking about well, trying to make sure that they're not uh, make, measuring the gap between them and the other students. Really? I'm not buying it. Well, my, my comment is people are going to continue to do what they're going to do, and they'll suffer the consequences later. And it's unfortunate that people of this caliber, that they think they're on a different level than a minority uh, person, per se. Um, So they're going to treat the students the same way. You know, because the article was saying something about that the, um, uh, the arts high schools in Toronto are mostly attended by white, wealthy students. So they already think they're above everybody else. So exactly. for her making for her for her making that blacklist, it was nothing. It was just saying that um, hope y'all keep up. But this is the list of the people that I don't think is going to keep up. And uh, and that's the way I see that. She's already yeah. flagging them to say like they're not going to be able to hang. Now these kids, this is like a typical school of the arts. You have mm-hmm. to audition. You have to apply. Mm-hmm. You have to do mm-hmm. do a questionnaire, probably write a essay or whatever you got to do in order to get in there. So it's not like mm-hmm. you know they're just grabbing folk off the street. So right. parents then, too, were I highly this, insulted and offended by this. But too, I think this is a way to try to keep quote unquote blacks or people of color out anyway. Because mm-hmm. she's making those statements, those racial statements, I wouldn't want to put my my child in that particular school. So she's going to keep it the way she wants to keep it. Majority white, all white, white and, and rich. It's Don't okay, the rich right? It, it right. It, it's okay what she said. It's no consequences to her. That's why the board is not going to do anything to her. That's why they transferred. Now, if they thought they, that she had done something wrong, she wouldn't have had no job. But it's okay, exactly. so we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna go ahead and slap you on the wrist and transfer you somewhere else. We don't want to deal with this right now. Come yeah, on. but the transfer was her request. That's what got me. If she had not mm-hmm. requested to transfer to get away from all the heat and the attention at this school, probably nothing would have happened. And that mm-hmm. is a serious problem. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, but it's anyway. only what 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 people allow, and the other people have allowed it to go continue on, so they're going to keep doing what they're doing. We'll we'll talk about her in another article another time. Well, the parents and the alumni said they're not going to sit down and take it quietly. Yeah, I don't blame them. So they're They're doing petitions, they're protesting and whatnot, so I hope they can affect Mm -hmm. some change up there because that's some bull. Right. They're not going to go quietly in the night, huh? Nope, not this time. 
I heard that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to round up this last hit it and quit it. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just made the Democratic Party safe for democracy again. So in the Democratic Party primary uh, for New York uh, 14th Congressional District, progressive political outsider Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez was outspoken by 10-term incumbent Joe what's his, Crawley more than 17 to 1. Crawley went all out, pouring $3.4 million into the race. Wow. Uh, the money was raised from some of the biggest names in corporate America, private equity, Titan, Blackstone, health insurance giant, Aetna, NASDAQ, uh, Google, hey, Facebook, Comcast. Wow, he had a lot of back. Uh, Northam and Grumman, uh, Bank of America. GE, Verizon, mm. AT&T, Microsoft, wow. Gordon uh, Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, I mean, big, big money. And, uh, wow. So uh, Cortez uh, uh, spent just under 200000 none of it from corporate political action committees or lobbyists. And she beat the hell out of him. Wow. Just <laughs> a so handful girl. of of uh, precincts left to be um, counted Wednesday morning. The 28-year-old Democratic Socialist held a 15-point lead over Crawley, who had uh, conceded the the race several hours earlier. Wow. So they said the way that um, Cortez ran her campaign will change the Democratic Party at least as much as the policies um, at the heart of um, her candidacy. This race is about people versus money. I know that's right. We've got Good. people. They've got money. I heard that. There you go. That's how you run the race. Okay. Wow, she did a good job. You sure did. And I, I know mean, they never saw her coming. Yeah. I mean, wow. She had a lot to say, apparently. And it, it was what they wanted to hear. So she, she got them good on job. the people. Better the money. I heard that. Job well, well done. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. We got to uh, make a, another list, a shout out list or something. <laughs> I mean, shout out her and shout out these um, quintuplets we were talking about earlier. So. That's right. All right. Okay. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. One of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Kettle's out uh, on a mission. She's not in the studio. I'm here at Red Wine. God help me. Um, Love you too, Papa. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Kettle's down at our bull semen uh, plant. She's uh, she's jacking. I mean, she's getting semen from the bull semen. <laughs> our, as bull semen being one of our parent companies, bull semen is good for the face, the hair, the skin, external use. Like we said, oh, do not boy. use this bull semen internally because pregnancy may occur. Anyway, okay. getting back to, um, we're going to talk about the subject. Tonight, my segment on what's popping is going to be concerning uh, uh, the, the shortness of life. Let's let's just talk about that. Um, today, I went to a, a, a funeral of my cousin. God rest his soul. His name was Stephen. And Stephen um, had a... Uh, Handicap 
multiple multiple sclerosis. No, multiple sclerosis. He he was he was um, handicapped his whole life. We were born the same year, three months apart. Uh, we won't say the year, but he was born in February. I was born in April of the same year. So we grew up together as kids. And he was always the one that, you know, with his handicap, was always trying to play along with everybody else. And it was something we looked at him just being a certain way. But as he grew older in his adulthood, still had that same walk, that same handicap sloof, the, the bent back, the, the, you know, the one leg dragging behind the other. And, and he was always my beacon of, um, of faith to know that no matter how successful you are or whatever you got going on, to see my cousin Stephen, you know, walk with a with a with a crooked crooked, for lack of a better word, back and a like I said, dragging one of his foot behind him when he walked, it always reminded me that no matter what I achieved or how slick I thought I was or how you know uh, how ca- uh, charismatic or fancy I was, to think about my cousin Stephen and know that how hard he struggled to even walk down the street with his cane and things like that and. Uh, but talking about the like, I have an older family. My family's very older. You know, my in fact, today is my parents' anniversary. My father just passed away uh, back in December. But my parents uh, today, June 29th, got married back in '46. So they would have been married 72 years. If my father was still living. He just passed away. You know, less than six months ago. 72 years. I have an older brother who was 72 years old. He'll be 73 in December, and I have an older sister who will be 70 this year, okay? So now when I talk about um, the shortness of life, you know, uh, we have to understand our, our age comes in numbers, and numbers get high real fast. And it's so sad when we look at the, the 20s and the, the 10s and, you know, like um, to, to have a, a grandchild, let's say, if you're 50 years old, and you have a brand-new grandchild, you know, by the time your grandchild turns 20 years old, you'll be 70. It's quiet as it kept, you know, and you don't even think about it because you're loving the grandchild. Grandchild is 5, and you're 55, and and the grandchild is 10, and you're 60, and and so on and so forth. But by the time the grandchild, you're 60, and the grandchild's 10, oh, my grandchild, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, your grandchild's 20, and you're 70 already, already. And it's so sad that we, we don't understand that um, this life is so short because, you know, God gives us this, the, our, 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 our time frame and decades I always say. I think God issues time and decades. Decades being every 10 years allows you to examine yourself. That's why I said whenever you have, whenever you have a 10-year anniversary of your life, whenever you're on the number of, like me myself, I was born in nines. I won't say the year, but I was born with a nine behind my year. So every time it's a nine of something, you know, whether it be uh, 69, 89, 99, 2009, I try to do something drastically different in my life. To show us a 10-year time, it's a... It's a uh, a decade, the 10 years came along, and, and now it's time for me to do something different. You know, if I'm tired of my boss, then, then fuck him. Time to go. You know, fuck you. I've been here 10 years with you. You ain't changed. You're still an asshole. You're still a bully. Fuck you. I'm out. You know, if you got a relationship with somebody, you're involved with somebody or something, something going on, you got a fucked up car, you know, boom. Let me do this. Every 10 years, do something drastically different in life to show that you are in charge of your own life. You know, just my theory on it. It could be, I'm using material things, but it could be anything. It could be drinking, it could be whatever, you know. But um, 
getting back to the main topic at hand, I'll close out here to say that life is so short. Enjoy every minute. If you're involved with something or somebody, a new child, a new grandchild, new anything, cherish it, understand it, do the best you can for it. You know, wear clothes in your closet you haven't worn. Wear the shoes you haven't worn. Do the things you haven't done. Go to the Salvation Army to get rid of stuff to, to make the deduction on your taxes because you can't take nothing with you. I mean, that's my theory. After a while, I'm going to tell you, by, by November, December, I'm going to be lined up at uh, Goodwill in uh, Salvation Army to get that tax break. If I can give $5,000 worth of stuff for you, that's a 5000 deduction on my taxes. So I ain't got to pay damn taxes back. So you can't take this stuff with you. So if you got fat, you can't wear it no more, or you got skinny, you can't, it won't stay up no more, vice versa, you know, just handle your business. Pay attention to yourself. The most beautiful thing in life you can do is take care of your own ass for a change. How about that? That's what's popping tonight. All right. All right, Papa. Papa Didi has spoken. Take care of your own self. All right. Mm. Well, I think that's what I'm going to do. We're going to take a break and we're going to take care of ourselves during this break. And then we're going to lighten it up and come back with the weird news on the Pajama Party Show. You can but, I but, after, but I didn't mean that taking care of something means then another shot of absolute red wine. Anyway. Oh, I was confused. Yeah, we're taking a break. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hi, <laughs> right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. A bump swad, darling. Oh, Lord. You know what time it is. Mm-hmm. It's time for the weird news. Woo-woo. You know that's my favorite because I like weird stuff. But anyway, it's time for the weird news, and I'm going to go first, if I may. Can I go first? Yeah, go on, dear. Oh, thank you. I will go first. Okay, I've got a shirtless man backflips off of a downtown Los Angeles freeway sign. Now, I saw this craziness during the week. This fool, he was on the 110 freeway, and the freeway got closed down in downtown L.A. on Wednesday morning during rush hour when the people were all trying to get where they're going during the rush hour commute. This man had taken off his shirt and climbed up on those, you know, those big green overhead highway signs. He had climbed up on top of that sign in an apparent protest against pollution. I don't know what one had to do with the other, but that's what he claimed he was doing. Now, the incident was reported around 8.30 in the morning on the southbound 110 freeway at uh, Valdry Avenue. The California Highway Patrol and the L.A. Police Department and the Fire Department were all on the scene trying to coax him to come down. The video from the scene appeared to show the man holding a bullhorn with an anti-pollution banner hanging from the freeway sign, and one of the banners said, fight pollution, not each other. So around 10 in the morning, now this started at about 8.30, around 10 in the morning, they, uh, the, I'm not sure if it was the fire department or who, they put this big cushion down on the ground, and dude did a backflip off of the sign onto this inflatable cushion, and they took him, put him on a stretcher, and then took him into custody. So I guess whatever his little stunt trick, whatever he was doing, he's going to go 
uh, get in trouble for that. So they took him into custody, and they identified the man as 29-year-old Alexander Dunn. He was booked for delaying a peace officer, trespassing, and failure to obey a regulatory sign. I don't know how much time you get or what the fee is, the penalty, but I don't know what Mr. Alexander Dunn was thinking. But he did that backflip like, you know, he was on the, in a circus act or something. Who knows? <laughs> uh-uh, uh. Yeah, he didn't have anything else to do, I guess. Crazy. He wanted to call attention to fighting pollution and not each other, I guess. But all okay. that did was make him look like a shirtless nut. All right. Well, from the shirtless nut to the crazy um, robber. Check this one out. Um, a bank robber suspect gives ID easily tracked by police. In Columbus, Ohio, police say a quick-thinking bank teller in Ohio convinced the suspect, suspected robber to hand over his own license. Authorities say the man walked into a Huntington Bank in Columbus and gave the teller a note saying he was armed and demanding money. The teller gave the man a stack of cash, but then he demanded more money from the electric uh, cash recycle machine in the um, bank's lobby. So the police say the teller told the man the machine needed a driver's license to dispense cash. Oh my so goodness. the man handed his own license over. The license led police to the 51-year-old man who was arrested and charged with aggravated robbery and threatening with a deadly weapon. Uh, duh. I guess he's just too old to understand it. You don't need no damn idea for that. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm like, okay, really? Oh, well. I guess they ain't, they ain't wrapped too tight in Columbus, I guess. <laughs> I, I can't know. believe he fell for that. Yeah. I mean, that was a good one. That, that, yeah, that was a good one. That was a real good one. Mm-hmm. No? So, so she told him, I'm trying to make sure I understand this. She told him, uh-huh. in order for me to get you more money, we have to put mm-hmm. a driver's license in the, in the machine. Right. And, so, and, and he, he gave just, up. He, the robber yep. gave the teller his driver's license. Duh. I mean, I, it doesn't wow. say if he had a mask or anything on like that, but, I mean, he could have had a mask on and he, he gives his ID. I mean, duh. It doesn't say that, but he could have, and, and he still, you know, gives up his ID. But he demanded more cash. He should have just left with the second cash that he got from the teller. But he wanted more cash, so that was his stupidity. <laughs> Well, that goes mm-hmm. to show you that greed and stupidity do not mix well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Whoop, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. There it is. Yep. What you got on the weird report, Papa Didi? I got, this is uh, Madrid, Spain, from the Associated Press. And the title of it is, uh, Can Dogs Perform CPR? It says, Madrid Police would have you think so. Mm. So, can dogs perform CPR? Probably not, but a video posted by police in Madrid sure made it seem so. In a video posted on Facebook, okay, Poncho the dog springs into action when his partner falls to the ground and pretends to be unresponsive. So this, this, 
gentleman is a police officer, and Pancho's his dog. Mm-hmm. And um, he he um, he drops to the ground and pretends to be unresponsive. The dog springs into action. The dog pounds on his chest, pounds on his, on, the, on the officer's chest with his paws, and then places his ear against the officer's neck to see if he's breathing. Okay. Wow. Pancho mm-hmm. continues until the officer stands up. Mm. So the police write that Pancho did not hesitate for an instant to save a life. Well, I wow. tell you, that propaganda bullshit. Well, well, but he didn't give him mouth to mouth. No, nah, he, he, he nah. <laughs> You sure he didn't? You sure? Yeah, that was, that was some serious propaganda. Well, well, he didn't he really mention mouth to mouth. He said he pounded his chest with his paws. And oh, then the, so he was And then the that. dog leaned down to hear if there was any kind of breathing coming from. Uh, oh, okay. See if was any, okay. It's just, I guess he was checking his pulse. Well, it sounds like a bunch of crappy uh, propaganda, whatever. You know, Madrid, Spain, they're trying to get in the news. This is not bullfighting season. So they're, they're, they're out of things. So anyway. Well, maybe Poncho is just a smart dog. They're not talking about bull season. There's red so wine always. There's huh? red wine always trying to find the truth in bullshit. Oh, how you doing, red wine? I'm saying Poncho could uh, be a very smart dog. There you go again. We Welcome back to the Pajama Party Show. This is Red Wine, stealing the mic from Papa Didi. And I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And me, Red Wine. I know, that's nice. Good. Papa, he's gone, huh? Good, good, good. (laughs) He just went to refresh his beverage, and then he'll be right back. But I go ahead and uh, roll into, uh, I'm just saying, all righty, let's talk about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, I'm sure you all know about the situation with the restaurant and all of that. So this was, uh, when was that, like about two weeks ago now? Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked by the owner of the Red Rooster restaurant to leave because the owner did not approve of Sarah's support of 45. And now this made news for like, I think about two weeks or more. And what I want to know is why. Black people and other people of color have not only been put out or asked to leave restaurants and other public places, but for years we were denied entrance into these places. But Sarah's privileged ass didn't know anything about that, so she didn't have any empathy when it came to her being asked to leave. Now, that was a prominent white woman who felt the sting and the embarrassment and the public shame. But now she understands what that feels like. And to that I say, welcome to our world, Miss Sanders. You have just been inducted into a club which no one wants to be a member. Yet here you are, brand new card-carrying member. Imagine how our ancestors felt when all they wanted was a place to stay after driving on the highway for hours and some dim-witted, bigoted motel owner turned them away just because of their skin color. Sounds ridiculous, yet that's what they had to endure. If it wasn't for the green book containing black-friendly places that our people could stay in or have a meal, it would have been even more difficult than it was. So excuse me if I don't cry for Miss Sanders. 
She just got a small taste of what we have put up with for over 50 years in America, the alleged land of the free and the home of the brave. Our people had to be brave to continue going back and fighting for their rights and demanding justice when there was no justice to be found. Sarah Sanders just got her nose bent out of shape over being asked to leave one restaurant? Girl, please. I'm just saying, welcome to our world. You had a front row seat, and you didn't like it, did you? But the difference is, she might not have that issue again, but our struggle continues. Like when we go shopping in certain stores and notice an employee following us from aisle to aisle, Sarah probably won't have to deal with that. Or having a cashier drop the change on the counter instead of putting it in your hand. She probably won't have to deal with that either. Or having a salesperson assume what you can or cannot afford. Or deciding what they will and won't show you when you specifically ask for certain things. She probably won't have to deal with that either. So again, excuse me if my heart does not bleed for Sarah Sanders Huckabee, Huckabee Sanders, or whatever, for being put out of a cruddy little restaurant. We have been put out of far better places than that little robin, red rooster, whatever it's called. That story, to me, should have never been national news anyway. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, welcome to our world, and I hope you enjoy the view. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Mm, that was kind of deep there. Ooh, ooh. I'm just saying, I'm sick of this BS. They acting like, you know, like somebody shot her and took her out and tarred and feathered her. All they did was told her, look, we don't want you in here. Get out. Jeez. I'm like, girl, please. We've been told that for how many years? Mm, mm, mm. Give me a break. Fire me up with that BS. <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she was a Negro for a day. And she didn't like Just it. Just one day, I'm a Negro for one day. And anyway, she was pissed. That's her new theme song when she walks. Mm-hmm. Negro for a day, I'm a Negro for one day. And girlfriend was pissed. And white America was pissed along with her. Mm-hmm. How dare you? The audacity. So the unmitigated gold. We are American Express card holders. Gold, mind you, no limit. No limit. I get cash back for my purchases. I am Sir Huckabee Sanders. Look at my crooked ass eyebrows. My father is a politician. Look at my crooked ass eyebrows. You know me. Anyway, I love the way she does those eyebrows, though. Mm-mm-mm. Crooked as hell. She does yeah, she's crooked, so they match her. Because she puts on her eyebrows while she's on a fucking treadmill. Anyway. She's a mess. All right. But that's Kettle's girl. We ain't going to talk about it. That's your girl. <laughs> Please. Uh-uh. Don't give me that one. Nope, nope, you nope. see, the president, what the president meant was, what he meant was, what he mm-hmm. meant to say was, anyway. Yeah. Your job is to correct him. What so, a job. All right. Uh, I'm up next. Yes, you are. Oh, wow. Living for the city. What's anyway, going on? What's happening in the city? In the city. Let's talk about the city. I tell you what, um, 
it really amazes me. I sometimes when I uh, come from the studio and come to area, I I notice pockets of, 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 of Caucasian people living like amongst the, the amongst the Negroes. I mean, amongst them. If you go, I don't know if you've been to the D.C. area, but there's a there's a college called Gallaudet. I think there's a street called West Virginia Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. West Virginia Avenue slash Skid Row. <laughs> you got the college on one side, and you got the hookers on ho- hookers and hoes on another side. But on this one street of West Virginia, there's pockets of white people living on this street because the houses are all done up and everything. I don't know whether they're there just for the D.C. experience or that they know the gentrification is coming, and that's why all that's going to be paved with with uh, pebbles of gold, like the rest of some areas of D.C., but I was riding down West Virginia Avenue, and I just happened to look on the sides. I was there like on a Saturday going through there, and white folks sit down on the steps with their, their dogs, and you know how they roll their dogs and their children and not necessarily in that order. They love their dog. I would say their dog and their damn child. And they're out there amongst this, and it was just the the total destitute of the area called Trinidad. Is what it's called, and all its glory. But then you have white folks like every fourth, fourth or fifth house that is all done up like where somebody spent at least two hundred thousand dollars and make you know makeover, and they're right on this block. Like they're like the starters of the what do you call it, gentrification? Mm-hmm. They're like the Jesse Owens of the of the track meet. They're out there first and early, you know, before you know Jackie Joyner Kersey and then mm-hmm. and the other stars came along years ago. But they're like the first settlers, you know, like the damn pilgrims, you know, with the Indians and shit. You know, they're like fuck it, we're gonna do this. We're gonna represent. We are white. We're right in the middle of Trinidad. Right on West Virginia Avenue, and we don't give a damn. And it's so interesting, and it's so, I don't know if they call it interesting or weird, because it's just, it's amazing, you know, and, it, and the cross reference of it is that every two or three steps you see something, here's a Caucasian, and there's something destitute, and there's something, you know, uh, ill reputed, and then there's white folks, and there's ill reputedness, and then there's destitute. And, it's, and this thing goes on from Florida Avenue. All the way down to what's the street at that end of the street of West Virginia uh, that goes out of Trinidad? Mm, I New York that. Avenue? No, not New York. This is inside the Trinidad area. You got Florida you got Avenue. West Virginia. No, Florida's on one end, and the other, at the way other end of the light is another street. Olive, Mount Olive. Oh. Mount Olive. So it's amazing. And in, in, in closing, I just want to say that uh, between Mount Olive and, and Florida Avenue on West Virginia, they white folks in pockets. It's amazing. And their houses like this. They spent $300,000 improving them. It's, it's very interesting. It's like they're the, the gentrification people said, what the hell? We're going to sit in the middle of this. Hmm. And, and, and we're going to maybe 10 years from now, it's going to all look like us or whatever, you know. But uh, maybe they know something we don't. So. I don't know. We need to get the uh, pajama party crew out there to interview them or something. Hmm. Find, out what Find out what they know. What's going on. Should we buy out there? You know. Good question. Anyway, but that's very deep. So, like my man uh, Joe Madison, listen with the third ear and see with the third eye. Don't miss it. It's coming. Anyway, that's what's happening in the city. All right.
Okay. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir. All right. He's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so with the French guy. He's Feeling bad. good. Can I just be happy? Boy's loving so good, gave her a damn act. <laughs> Can a sister be happy? Damn. I know oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Loving so good, gave the Negro an accent. Damn. Oh, okay. And a feeble goose. Feeble goose, nigga, damn. I didn't used to talk like this. Parlez-vous, Francais. I didn't used to talk like this. Anyway, Kelly. Are y'all okay? Are, are, we, are we going to the West Coast or we going to stay on the East Coast? What y'all doing? <laughs> I think we need to go to the West Coast. He must try to change my lingo. Yeah, it's time to go to the West Coast. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Okay. What's All happening right. in the Hollywood? Well, we got uh, Drake acting a fool. I mean, for him to be Uh-oh. 31 years old, boy, I'm telling you, the things these guys do. Uh, Drake confirms he has a son. Really? And he confirms it on his new album, The Kid Is Mine. Drake's just dropped what? a big bombshell. He's a daddy. The 31-year-old rapper confirmed the long-rumored news that he fathered a child with French artist and former adult film star Sophie uh, Bruxer on numerous tracks on his new double album, Scorpion. Um, as usual, they always sample in Emotionless, um, which samples Mariah Carey. Drake declares, I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world for my kids, from empty souls who just woke up and looked to debate until you staring at your feet, you can never relate. I'm like, okay. He has to put all this on a record. Really? I don't know if this is to sell records or he's just immature. Just not sure. 31 years old? Come on now. So um, that's, that's his big news, Drake. I'm like, okay. Alrighty, special, special, special. Um, <laughs> Michael Moore, he's back in the news. Remember the guy that did nine eleven, the film? Uh, that was back in twenty, yeah. um, twenty oh four. He's doing a new film. Yep, he will take on Donald Trump this fall in a new film, Fahrenheit eleven nine. Donald All and right. me has a certain ring to it, but Michael Moore's new documentary, Fahrenheit 11.9, is uh, named for November the 9th, 2016, when America found out in the wee hours that Donald Trump had won the presidential election. Fahrenheit 11.9 will land in theaters on September the 21st. Um, judging from Moore's one-air conversation with Colbert, the film could be in um, his most uh, statement since 90, since the Fahrenheit 9 11 in 2004. He did the, um, it was about George Bush and the um, lead up to the uh, Iraq and um, Af- Afghanistan war. So um, he, he goes on to say, When are people going to get off the couch and when are we going to rise up? said Moore, who spoke, who spoke during the interview about the need. A non-violent resistance to Trump administration policies. So he was discussing the um, zero tolerance practice that um, resulted in the immigration of the children being separated. He talked about that, and he said um, 
what would you do if each of, you know, everybody he was talking about in the audience, if your child was taken away from you? So he, he's more or less saying, we're going to just sit back and just take this shit. You know, we're going to do something about it. So he's kind of on the lines of uh, the nonviolence like Martin Luther King. So I think it's time for us to rise up and do something. Um, also in music news, Ed Sheeran, he's being sued for $100 million. He's accused of copying Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Ed Sheeran is facing a $100 million lawsuit accusing the singer-songwriter of copying Marvin Gaye's uh, 1973 hit Let's Get It On. Um, in, his, um, in Ed Sheeran's 2014 song, Thinking Out Loud, that's the one he's dancing in the ballroom with the um, dancer. The suit was filed by Structured at, at Access Asset Sales, a company that owns one-third of the copyright to Let's Get It On. So according to the lawsuit, Sharon's song has the same melody, rhymes, harmonies, drums, bass lines, backing chords, tempo, wow, and looping as Let's Get It On. I don't Sharon hear it. Also, well, you got to play it because they have a one... They have a, a, a thing on, on YouTube, and they have both of them, and I would play both of them, and I did hear it. So Sharon was also sued over Thinking Out Loud in 2016. The family of Ed Townsend, a co-writer on uh, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On, sued Sharon, arguing that Thinking Out Loud lifted the, lifted the melody, harmony, and other ry- rhythmic components from Gaye's track. Wow. So, um they're saying that they don't know if the um, Marvin Gaye family is going to get into the lawsuit also. So I guess we just have to, you know, check it out. But, I mean, I would check it out. Check check it out. I'm telling you. Some similarities. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's a little, little bald-headed, red-haired guy. No. Uh-uh. He's blonde. He's blonde or red. I can't remember. He's not bald-headed. No, I think he, he is red-headed. He's not bald. He's red-headed. I think he's red-headed. From the glasses, it looks like so, a little dork. Yeah, that's him. Yep. So, so pull up the, the video, Thinking Out Loud. That's when he's dancing in the ballroom with the lady. And then mm-hmm. play Let's Get It On. And uh, you can see the similarities. I believe it because ain't nothing sexy about his ass. He's trying to get laid. I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, I ain't in that. Well, one last note, one sad note. The patriarch of the Jackson family, he's, he has died. He was um, Joe Jackson, he's 89. Um, he, he's had some health issues. He's had a stroke, three heart attacks, and um, he was diagnosed with some um, some type of cancer. So he was in, really he was in hospice, um, and they said he was um uh, surrounded by his, his family, uh, most of his uh, children, grandchildren, and his wife. Um, they've been married for 60 years. They had 10 children, married for 60 years. So, yep. Yep, God wow. bless him. That's my Hollywood wrap-up. Okay. So, well, that was a good report. I'm going to have to well, listen out for that Ed Sheeran song because I've heard that song. Mm-hmm. I like this song. But I just I didn't too. think it sounded that close to let's get it on. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, when we go off the air, uh-huh. we're going to listen to it and find out. All right, then. All right. All right. So, um, I guess well, that was a good report, Kevin. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So while you guys are listening to that, I guess you can um, sip on this cocktail of the week. 
which is called the oh, yeah. Black Cherry American Dream. Uh-oh, it's, um, the Uh-huh, yep. The E-B-C-A-D, Effin. Uh, okay. One and a half parts of, of Effin Black Cherry Vodka. That's the uh, vodka with the tall bottle. Pretty nice and neat. Three-fourths part of the Kuiper Peach Tree Snops Liqueur. One and a half parts of organic apple juice. Has to be organic. Um, uh-huh. Uh, a half a part of... Uh, lemon juice, and also three basil leaves. So what we're going to do is in a mixing glass, combine all ingredients and shake with ice, strain into a tall glass over ice, and garnish with a cherry and a peach slice. That's the effing black cherry American dream. Ooh, that is refreshing. I like it. All right. Well, it's got to be on our website. Go check it out. I like that little hint of basil, too. That's good. All right. So you don't want too much basil. Just put maybe one. It says three, but, I, you know, it's too strong. I like three. I like three. All right. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? Oh, the kitchen list. Baba Didi. Can you break down, uh, get a people an explanation of what is the kitchen list? Kitsu List is this combined weekly of people in the world that says some dumb crap, stupid crap, asked himself, got fired, made an asshole of himself, or just, you know. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> you know, we got a list of those people and we uh, announce who they are. You know, Donald Trump says on a job, him and Macy's and couple of permanent things, uh, Roger Goodell, NFL owners, uh, you know. And the oh, NFL. Red... <laughs> yeah, but I, I put the NFL on there because I saw something about them trying to change the helmets again, and they're saying that that might oh. just completely change the whole look and feel of the game. And I'm oh. like, really, y'all? Come on. Next thing you know, you're going to have the players out there saying, oh, please, after you. Oh, no, I insist. After you. I mean, come on. Oh, it's, it's not going to be a rough sport anymore, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, I guess they have some. Well, I think they're having so many lawsuits. I think that's what's really the big thing. And so they're really trying to take so many precautions, I guess, on that. So, hey, it is what it is, I yeah, guess. They, 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 you know how people are. They always tend to just go too far with stuff. But also, I have Peggy Atchison. That's the principal in Toronto for blacklisting the black uh-huh. students. We've got Quest Diagnostic for doing all those uh, bad lab results and not letting those women in Ireland know that they had cervical cancer until it was too late. Uh, Citigroup mm-hmm. for screwing around yeah. with the credit card uh, fees and then trying to step up and volunteer so they would pay less money back. We're not fooled by that mess. Uh, Sarah Huckabee mm-hmm. Sanders, put on your big girl panties and grow up, girl. Um, mm-hmm. Also, ICE, the uh, integration, I mean, immigration, whatever ICE stands for, those people. So keeping those families and kids separated from their parents the way y'all are doing. I know you're just doing mm-hmm. your job, but you're still on the kiss it list. And uh, okay. let's see. Uh, who else? Anybody else? Let's see. Um mm-hmm. 
How about those uh, Caucasians on West Virginia Avenue who think they're so bold that they could live amongst the highly populated black folks? Like, it's no big deal. And they got all got bars on their window, mm-hmm. crack alarm systems. It's like a Fort Knox, the dogs barking all night. Okay. Let's put all of them on the kiss-it list. Anyway. I mean, not as a bad thing, but just, you know, let us know what's happening. Don't just move there with some inside information. And black people living next to you thinking everything is cool, knowing they're going to be black folks going to self-destruct in five years, like fucking Mission Impossible. Yeah. You know, and, and your also, neighbor, worry about your neighbor, he's going to blow up in five years. Uh-huh. Hey, Mr. Johnson, boom, he's gone. And he knew it all the time. Boy, D.C. is rough. I'm you, it's well, rough. also, I want to add, all the people that perpetrate frauds, in various ways, but especially on the job. If you're taking somebody else's work and passing it off as your own, trying to make yourself look good, you're perpetrating a fraud, and you're on the kiss it list. Kettle, you oh, got fine. anybody else to add? No, 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 that's about it. All right. Well, we have a special gift. It's gift-wrapped, and I'm about to take the bow off of it and give it to everybody on the kiss it list. In kiss my entire my perpetrating a fraud, stop doing it. To all the people that are struggling with the whole immigration situation, I sure hope they get that resolved. Let's keep an eye on the person who gets appointed to be on the Supreme Court, because this could be a problem for a lot of us in this country who are not Republican. And uh, 
Let's just try to do all the best we can to be good to one another. It's too much negative stuff in the world. Let's be good to one another. That's all I have. Count over to you. Um, I'm going to shout out to the quintuplets. They graduated from that same university. and That, that was so great. We finally got some good news for a change. And also, even though it was on the weird news, the um, the dogs that gave the CPR uh, to his uh, uh, owner or whatever. Um, that was a oh, good job. Poncho. Yeah, that was good. So like no poncho. <laughs> poncho. And poncho. Um, also, uh, Maxine Waters. Hate is not the answer, and you need to take another approach on your own views. It sounds so personal, um, the way she's coming off. Um, you know, we we could do a better job, you know, both ways, Maxine Waters and DT45. You know, he need to chill out on mm-hmm. what he's doing, and Maxine Waters also. I, I just hope they can come together and more or less have a truth and say let's just work together, not work against each other. And, uh, you know, that's all, all right. I got to say. Let's just love one another. As uh, uh, I'm sorry, Rodney King, can't we all just get along? Can't we? Yeah. Yeah, he don't realize <laughs> that uh, when we we waited. So remind me to cut you off. As long as we waited for Rodney mm-hmm. King to come out and, and make a speech, for him to say them little words he did, they translate forever. Yeah. And yeah. the way he said it will always be connected to him. They waited so long for him after he got beaten and healed and everything mm-hmm. else, and then. Finally, he got on camera to say some words, mm-hmm. and all he said was, "Can't we all can't just with just tears in his voice, with just get along?" And, and those those were words he had. They just they they tagged to his soul, and every time when you say those words, you think of Rodney think of him. Because yeah. especially people in that generation, you know, our younger people need to latch onto the history so you know who the hell said what. You know, they're so busy doing what they do. Um, I also want to say one more thing. Uh, the thought is leaving my mind here, but um, like you were saying, Kettle, um, based on what were you saying? I'm losing my mind here. Maxine Waters. Yeah, Maxine Waters, exactly. Um, I think it's being led. See, we have to understand, and I will be very brief with this. We have to understand that we cannot do what other people do. You know, Donald Trump has insulated himself, he's got lawyers on all four sides. He's got he's got that New Jersey New York arrogance, which is ball busting and they don't even care. I worked out in New York for 20 years, and I'm gonna tell you, ain't no arrogance like New York arrogance, cause New York arrogance don't stop. Them jokers from Staten Island and, and all up north there, and they're they're a mess. They're Long Island, they're a mess. Those those white folks up there are a mess, honey. Anyway, um, and he's leading people. He led Maxine to thrive on it with, with trying to counter his stuff by talking like him. And then he led Roseanne Barr to thinking she had the strength to come in and say some crazy stuff and get no reaction like he got. But she did get reaction, and she got fired, and her show got lost. And let's not leave out uh, Bush. Was that guy Billy Bush? Oh, yeah. Billy Bush was just listening to him talk, saying, grabbing vaginas. And being the fact that Billy Bush was laughing at his little antics, NBC fired him, so saying you shouldn't even encourage it. So Billy Bush and Roseanne Barr, don't play into them. Don't play. Don't let Trump lead you down that path because he's a billionaire. And Maxine Waters, don't let Trump take you there. 
See, Trump is the facilitator of all this, and we gotta watch what he makes us do. So anyway, how about that? Well said, well said, Papa. You know, because he's insulated, honey. He's got everything. He's got gargles on. He's got he's got work glasses. He got steel toe shoes. He got everything you need to go into war, honey. Don't be led by his ass, please don't. Anyway, that's that's Fred Wine's boy. We're not gonna talk about. Please. Anyway, well, on that note, we're gonna sign off. Until next week, we're saying good night from the Pajama Party crew. Say good night, Papa. I remember that. <laughs> Say good night, Cal. Good night. And bonsoir. Until next Friday, check us out online. Shout out to DC Homegrown for keeping the bills paid and keeping us on the air. We appreciate you. Okay. And we'll catch you next Friday night on the Pajama Party Show. Peace. Hello. Hello, Captain Crunch. Hello, Smadley. Oh, dear. We're out. We're out. Say goodnight, Papa. Call Papa Didi's handlers. I'm... I'm Mr. Peabody, and this is Sherman. All righty. We're saying good night now. Peace. Sherman. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko. Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.